Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. I'm Sandra Ladd, and I'm the Senior Minister for First Christian Church Stillwater. We are growing a Christ-centered, compassionate church where all can connect to God's love. And we hope that in this time you experience growth. We pray that this time will help you focus and center on Christ and that in this time you will sense care and compassion. We pray that this time provide you with a deeper connection to the love of God. Grace and peace be with you. And again, we thank you so much for gifting us with your time. Well, our come and rest theme transitions to come and rest in God's hope today. And as we are nearing the end of our come and rest series, um, I want to remind you that Advent starts off a new year in the church. So the church tells the, the, does the time differently. In the church year, the calendar year starts with Advent, um, and, and so we're coming to the end of a year, and we are ending the year coming and resting in God's hope. Um, we're still using the Revised Common Lectionary, a resource that guides us through Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and Epistle with passages that share a common theme or a common lesson. The New Testament, or the gospel passage for today, is from Matthew 23, verses 1 through 12. We have covered a variety of passages where the temple leaders and the chief priests, the Pharisees, have challenged Jesus in hopes of dividing his followers and conquering his mission. And after numerous unsuccessful attempts, they finally give up that, ta that tactic. And in this passage, Jesus speaks to his followers, the crowds and his disciples, and he basically tells them, the Jewish teachings and the traditions are good. Follow them. Um, but don't follow the example of the leaders because they don't practice what they preach. They misuse scripture, creating heavy burdens that weigh people down, and then they do nothing to help. Everything they do is about power and prestige. It's me-centered, not God and others-centered. It's a lesson in humility, and it is a sermon against hypocrisy. The Pharisees say all the right words, but they don't practice what they preach. You know, last week, someone came to me after the service with a very important question, concern. With all these lessons that you're teaching about Jesus' struggles with the Jews, are you teaching that the anti-Semitism so prevalent today is warranted? First, I am so grateful for scripture that opens the door for hard questions. And second, I am so grateful for someone who has the courage to take a message to heart and ask a difficult question. And I want to say that the answer is emphatically no. Hatred against the Jews is not warranted ever. We make a terrible mistake when we label groups. These stories have been about Pharisees, but not all Pharisees were bad. There are a plethora of stories about good Pharisees, and Pharisee does not equal Jew. 
It was a segment or a section of leaders within the Jewish community. There are preachers who totally avoid these passages in fear of creating anti-Semitism, but I think that that's also a mistake. We have to teach truth. We don't ignore or gloss over passages. We wrestle with them until we find the good news that is within them. Religious hypocrisy exists in all religions. As Christians, you're most likely very aware of the reputation that has been cast upon you because of the actions of a few. Christians are homophobic, bigots, racist, hateful, prosperity-centered, hypocrites. When the gospel that we follow is completely contrary to each of those things. Maybe those words conjure up thoughts in your mind of specific groups. Yeah, well, that's not our church. That's all those progressives. That's all those evangelicals. That's the Catholics. No, that's the Baptists. That's people from the Assemblies of God. That's all those charismatics, which makes us just as guilty. Broad brush gets us in trouble. I've shared this before, but it's so relevant. Gandhi was quoted as saying, I like your Christ. It's your Christianity I have a problem with. What we say should align with what we do. And it's especially dangerous when a leader doesn't live out their beliefs. Yesterday, Rick and I were working parking for Bedlam. And typically, I sit out over on this side and I greet people as they walk by. Have a great day. Hey, enjoy the game. And I do that both for people that are dressed in orange and black and those who are dressed for the, in the opposing team's colors. Yesterday, I greeted numerous people dressed in crimson and cream and was totally ignored. And after about the fifth time, I turned to Rick and I said... OSU fans are not very friendly. Now, we have a party bus of OU fans who parks with us every Bedlam game. We actually sell them our parking spot because they make a significant donation and they are the nicest people ever. They are extremely kind, generous, and friendly. Last night when I lay down to go to bed, I realized that I had written this sermon in the morning And then I made the very mistake that I was preaching against in the afternoon, broad broad brushing a group of people because of the actions of a few, even though I had evidence otherwise. I don't know of any preacher anywhere in any denomination who is comfortable preaching on these passages today because we are all human, flawed, and imperfect. And I believe that what gets us in trouble most of the time is when we pretend to be otherwise, when we let people believe that we're flawless, when we don't admit our humanity or our mistakes, and when we ignore a necessary apology in an attempt to do better in the future. We are called to represent God, and that calls for a correlation in our actions, an awareness that people are watching, and that's not any small thing. And I gotta tell you, it feels very heavy some days. So again, where is the good news? Well, Jesus' concerns about religious abuses was because he knew that those abuses hurt people. Religious laziness, hypocrisy, fraud, 
It hurts people. The good news is that that is where Jesus places himself. God is with those who have been hurt. God is with the abused. God is with those who have been led astray. We are called to humility, and visions of the kingdom should shape our visions of leadership. Moses stood in the gap. He spoke to God on behalf of the people, and that's a a leader's role. Those who are set apart individually or collectively should be about serving others. The garden that Ashley created for this theme has been so relevant because this is what we are supposed to do. We are supposed to tend to and care for others like we would care for or tend to a beautiful garden. When people don't practice what they preach, the garden can be damaged. Beauty can be trampled. And people or gardens can be destroyed and yet there is still good news the old testament passage today from joshua 3 7 through 17 moses has passed on the torch to joshua who has been appointed the new leader in his first assignment in his new role god directs him in leading the israelites through the jordan river with the ark of the covenant a sign of god's presence by parting the waters and allowing them to walk through on dry ground. Now, does that sound familiar? It should. This transitional generation crosses the Jordan accompanied by the presence of God, not in the same way, not the same place, not in a cloud, not in the ark, but in the ark of the covenant. Same presence, different way of being present. Now, think about that. God does the same. God also does the different. The Lord makes the same promises to Joshua as he made to Moses, but he enacts those promises in different ways. If you have the vaguest familiarity with these stories, you know, as long as the people see God at work on their behalf, they trust. It's when God is silent that the people get violent and wicked. So God's presence is revealed through a leader. I'm not talking just about my role. I'm not talking about even just our elected church leaders. I'm talking about any of us. Any of us can be a revelation of the presence of God. That happens through people. It happens also through ritual. The reminder of what God has done in the past points to the presence and the promise of God, and we need those reminders. We have to share our stories. We have to listen to the stories of others. We need the reminders that God is still with us. God was with us. God is with us. God will be with us. Guys, in Christianity, there are long periods throughout history of waiting, waiting on God to make his next big moves. My question is, what do you do while you're waiting on God to make his next big move? One of the answers is we practice rituals so that we are reminded of God's presence and promise. Baptism, communion, sharing stories, prayers, praise, all of those and more remind us of God with us. We'll be a reminder yesterday, today, tomorrow, and always. 
Psalm 43 is the voice of someone who has suffered as a result of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy will do incredible damage. But there is something within every person. You know, we hear this in rap music, hip-hop, country, rock, classical. It's also in poetry. It's in art. It's in movies. Expressions of healing and wholeness, hope that rises up even in, maybe especially in, the worst of times, the most difficult of times. That is a very long introduction that brings us to our focus passage for today, which is 1 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 13. Please stand in body or in spirit as you are able as we read in unison the holy words gifted to us this day. You remember our labor and toil, brothers and sisters. We worked night and day so that we might not burden any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how pure, upright, and blameless our conduct was towards you believers. As you know, we deal with each one of you like a father with his children urging and encouraging you and pleading that you lead a life worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. We also constantly give thanks to God for this, that when you receive the word of God that you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as what it really is, God's word which is also at work in you believers. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This verse highlights the who and the where. Who were the people who helped build your faith? Where were you shaped and molded and made aware of God's presence and promises? Who labored and toiled, worked hard so that seeds of faith might be planted within your heart? Who encouraged you? Who pleaded with you to lead a life worthy of your calling? Who reminded you that God who gifted us this word today is at work in you? Thursday, I went with Uh, Nancy Crenshaw to the celebration of life for Michael Crockett. His passing was unexpected and for some, tragic. I remembered something that brought me great hope. Kind of like icing on the cake, David Hughes, our previous organist, um, who was also at the service, came up to me following the service and asked me if I remembered that Michael was one of the adult baptisms at FCC. Yes, I remembered that. Yes, it's one of the things that brought me hope, even in the midst of tragedy. We have hope that Michael's appointed days were lived out to the fullest. He has received his eternal reward in the presence of the one to whom he surrendered his life. We each have an appointed number of days question is, are you using your time to deeply connect with God and others? 
Are you using your days to love God and love others, even your enemies? I want to point out once again the relevance of today's passages in regard to one of our FCC rituals. It is our tradition to celebrate All Saints Sunday on this day, remembering those who have impacted our faith, those who have transitioned from life from this life to life eternal and are now in the presence of Jesus Christ. Ashley shared this with me uh, this week from our from the Week of Compassion faith, Facebook page. Who read us the words of ancient texts and showed us what it looked like to live them out? Who sang us the songs of worship and praise and cherished the joyful noise as we learned the tunes? Who taught us about meals and invitations and setting a table and put names and faces on a taste and see welcome? Who spent time and made way and held space? Who spoke the tenderest comfort over our deepest aches? Who knew that God could and prayed that God would? Who gave themselves simply because they saw a need? For all the saints, for all they shared, for all we received, for all we now offer in their name and for all we do for Christ's sake, which is the only way they would have us do anything, we give thanks Again and again and again. Amen. We are going to pause now in a remembrance of those saints who have transitioned this year. Bill Varnum. Butch Hyatt. Cliff Blackwelder. James Pittman. Jeffrey McLaughlin. Kenneth Riley. Mark Lockwood. Martha Lyon. Raymond. Sharp. Robert Mehmet. Michael Crockett. We ring a bell for those on your hearts and minds who passed in 2023.
We ring the final bell for all those who have gone before, the saints of this congregation, the saints who are part of your family, the saints who have impacted and influenced us. Come and rest in God's hope that the faith passed on through those who have gone before us is no longer faith, but is realized by sight. The promises received, resting in God's eternal presence for all eternity. Amen.